Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 50, seven sensational Halloween books every kid will love. Oh, it's that time of year. It's getting close. And we just have a very short amount of time until the big day of Halloween. And it can be a crazy, crazy time in the classroom. But today I want to talk about seven really fun Halloween books or even books that you can use in October because two of them are not specifically towards Halloween, but they have that October feel. So hopefully you'll stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey. So today we're talking about Halloween books and books that we can read in our classroom. We have spent several weeks on behavior and proactive responses to behavior and what do we do and things like that. And we're going to take a little bit of a break from that because it can get really serious. And the last um, episode was pretty serious about talking about like reshifting your your um, paradigm on the on your mindset around behavior. So I thought that maybe we would just jump into some of some fun things for just a little bit of time and get our minds wrapped around like how we can make learning fun. And one way, and this is these are all proactive strategies to behavior anyway, because when you get your kids really engaged or super excited about a topic, you have a lot less behavior problems. That really is a huge piece of the puzzle. You want them to be engaged. You want them to be excited. So I'm going to share seven sensational Halloween books that I think every single student is going to love. Every single primary student, I should say. Maybe intermediate, some of these books are appropriate for them just for fun, but these are mainly for primary elementary school kids. Okay, so I know that you have, you're already in the mindset of Halloween because it is October and the day of this recording, it is what October 19th. And so you will get this episode on the, what is the date? On the 24th. So you will have one week until Halloween in your classroom, which is insane. So what do you do for that time? Because I know that you've seen the decorations that have been up for months. And actually, now we're on to Christmas. So it's like we're already past Halloween and Halloween hasn't even happened, which that drives me crazy. But um, but you know, that's just the way that the world that we live in. And I and I know that in some schools, Halloween can be controversial. And so they don't, you know, want to focus on it or spend time on it. And so they, that's okay. And if that's you and your classroom is not celebrating Halloween or not even talking about it, then that's all right. You can just skip on past this post. I do have two recommendations that are more of like, you would be fun to do in October because of Halloween, but they are not tied to Halloween. So I am going to tell you about that just in case. But for those of you that love to trick or treat, and this is for you. So let's get some fun books for kids so that we can have, you know, something to really focus our literature standards on that is very, you know, timely and seasonal. 
So the first book that I want to share is called I Need My Monster by Amanda Amanda Knoll. And I think this book is an adorable book about this little boy named Ethan who finds out his monster Gabe is missing from under his bed. And Ethan interviews potential substitutes to see if they are the right fit. They are the right monster for him. It's a the book is a perfect balance of laughs and shivers and it again it's not necessarily a Halloween book so it does make it really ideal for October and if you are skipping Halloween this is a perfect one for you because it's not spooky. It isn't spooky. It's funny and silly and the kids absolutely love it. And I think this is a great book for kindergarten through second grade, even third graders, I think that they would like it as well. I do have a really fun makerspace activity that goes with this book. I do a close reading where I take the book and I specifically focus on literature standards and the literature standards that I focus on in this in this makerspace are asking and answering questions so you the you get a I give you some questions that you can ask that are text dependent so you are reading the story you can ask these questions that are getting kids thinking and thinking in a deeper way about the characters and the things that they're learning about Gabe and Ethan so I have two options on that and I have like a a big question thing or you can do question bookmarks which are really fun as well. Another standard that I focus on with this book is the vocabulary. I have vocabulary cards. The vocabulary word is used in context. It has a visual clue. You can play a game with these cards. It's really fun like a heads up game. You might do like a, a mix and match like you have kids we're not really really a mix and match. You have kids stand up, they walk around, you maybe you're even playing like the monster mash as they're walking around and then as soon as the music stops, the kids freeze, they find the nearest partner, which is a great opportunity for you to talk to kids about making sure that they're kind to others and that they're not like going, oh, and like they're regretful that they got that partner. So it's a lot of character building involved in these kinds of things. And they grab the partner, turn back to back, and they wait for your instructions. And that way, everybody's quiet and they have a partner. And if they don't have a partner, they raise their hand up in the air. And the people that don't have a partner are searching for other people that have their arm in the air so they can quickly find a partner. Sometimes you have to intervene in this. But when you've done this activity enough, like they get really good at it. And it can be a really quick way for them to move around. So they are they're back to back then you're going to tell them on go they're going to turn around and maybe the person with the shortest hair or the craziest hair or the best costume or whatever whenever you're doing this um, is going to go first and they're going to turn around and they're going to ask you to tell them the meaning of their word on their vocabulary card and like for example a word ooze is in the story so they you they might even read the sentence like or they might read like the little context part from where the story you know that where it was found in the story how would I ever get to sleep without Gabe's familiar scary noises and his spooky green ooze and then he has to you know basically quiz his partner on what does this word mean the person says what they think it means um the partner that actually what has the card is going to tell them yes it actually does mean to leak out slowly and then um the next person's going to go and they and they may have a card like another word in the book that they that they use is substitute and then he read or she reads the context of the sentence when i heard some creaking under my bed i knew that the substitute monster had arrived and then the other person gets a chance to guess what the word means and then they 
switch cards and they move like they start the music again then they move along so this is a really fun way of learning vocabulary like in context and getting kids up and moving and doing you know specifically focusing on vocabulary in literature so that's one fun thing and then I also have a standards based like where they um, activity. It's like it's kind of like a graphic organizer. It has all the criteria in advance of what you want the kids to be able to do on this activity. It has spaces for you to allow kid, you know, kid feedback, student food feedback, and then they're they're writing the word, they're writing the meaning of the word, and they're drawing a picture that goes with the word. And this can be a quick little assessment. It can be um, something that you see, check to see if they understand some of the words in the text. So that's one activity. And then another standard you can focus on in this story, and this is something that you might do throughout a week. So this is, again, like a great book for a close read activity because you may focus on, on one standard a day or maybe you focus on you know a couple when you're reading. And this is like taking a closer look, you're using the same text, taking a closer look at standards that you're covering for the week. And so in this case, maybe you're, you're, you're going over characters, overcoming obstacles in the text or, you know, getting to know the characters better. So I, then there's like all about Ethan and all about Gabe. And then there's, you know, there, that's another activity that you can do. And it really helps the kids get a better understanding of the characters and really deeply think about like their intentions and things they like and things that they feel and how they overcame the problem. Ethan's problem is he doesn't have have his monster he can't go to sleep without his monster and so you get a chance for kids to really think about that and then uh, you can also focus on story structure and for first grade this standard looks like you know the kids understanding if the book is fiction or nonfiction. and this is a great opportunity to talk about is this you know a made-up story is this a real story do we really have monsters under our bed things like that so it is a you know able to really take a look at that and in in second grade then you're taking a look at more at how the beginning of the story helps like start the story it begins to like lay down the foundation of what is going to occur and how the author has has placed a specific events and words in the beginning in order to get the reader ready for the story and I think that that can be really powerful and then you look at the end as well like you describe the end of the story and you think about how the story you know how the author put this together to wrap it up it up and make it feel complete so those are some standards that you can take a look at with this particular book. And then it has a makerspace activity. Because there is a problem in the story, this is one of my favorite things to do with literature is to get kids thinking like an engineer. So not just having, it doesn't always have to be science and technology, but maybe we can like integrate some arts and some literature. I think that can be really powerful. So because Ethan had a problem not being able to find the perfect monster, this is an opportunity for kids to create a model that represents their or a perfect monster for Ethan. And so they make plans for the monster. They have materials. They write down their materials they're going to use. And you might want to give them an assortment of materials like cardboard or so like socks. I did this with kids and it was so fun. They I gave them socks to use and they stuffed them and they made different monsters and they had googly eyes and and some people made them out of play-doh or you might have you know something some of those kind of cardboard things like that easy to find materials 
Then they're going to talk about how the construction worked. And then they're going to tell all about their monster, the problem the monster solves, the thing that they like best about their monster, and the thing that they might improve about their specific model. It's really important for kids to talk about, like to reflect on what they've done and how how they put things together and how they might change that and if they were given the opportunity. And it also has a little activity for them to think of some adjectives to describe their monster. And then they can present their monster. And that's great for a listening and speaking standard, you know, work. And sometimes that part of the work gets left out. And if you don't have time for them to present one at a time to the class, which can sometimes be like a lower engagement because you only have one person talking, you can have them present to a partner or you can have them present to their team. And I also have included a compare and contrast in here so that they can compare their monsters with other people's monsters because it's really unbelievable the creativity and the thinking that they come up with and so they're able to look at the things that are the same and the things that are different and this is definitely a higher level skill so that is a makerspace moment in literature with the story that I'm recommending the first story that I'm recommending which is I need my monster I will link to this in the show notes if you are interested because it makes a really fun engaging activity and it gives you several different standards to focus on through the week for a close read response. All right, so the second book that I recommend is a newer book that the same author Amanda Knoll wrote and it's called Hey, That's My Monster. And this is another book that, like I said, by Amanda Nolan. She uses the same characters, Gabe and Ethan. And if you've looked closely at your standards, you know that they're, you're doing a lot of comparing and contrasting. That is a standard looking at what, you know books that have that are either in a series or may have the same characters or may even be in the same genre or a different version of it. I mean, sometimes we're talking about different versions of like folk tales and fairy tales and fables. Oh my, but sometimes we can take a you know a book with characters and then we begin to learn more about the character in the next story, which I think is kind of cool. And in this case, um, Ethan might be losing his monster Gabe to his sister, which is a really fun introduction to the sister. And again, using a book by the same author with the same characters allows children to really take a more in-depth look at the characters. And it, it provides an opportunity for them to use that higher level thinking skill of compare and contrast. And even point of view is a natural standard that comes out when we are doing compare and contrast, especially when we introduce a new character to a character that we already know. And we kind of get to think about the story from the sister's point of view. So I think that that can be really powerful as well. So that's book number two. Book number three is This is the House That Monsters Built by Steve Metzger. And I also have a makerspace moment for this book. And for the this story, I think this story is a little bit more appropriate for kindergarten or possibly first grade because it's a, a rhyming book, which I think can be great for second grade too. And even some third graders that don't have that phonemic awareness down. And we know that that can be the number one like predictor of read, future reading success or the number one deterrent for like they are not able to get past 
things and they're struggling in the area of reading, especially with like decoding and their phonics ability, sometimes the lack of phonemic awareness is something that we really have to focus on. So this rhyming book can be great for that. It's just one aspect of phonemic awareness. So I think that this book can be can be fun. And I'm focusing on on the standards of, again, asking and answering questions and vocabulary. This case, I'm, we do a retelling or a recounting of events. We talk about the central message. We look at the story structure again, and then there is a makerspace activity for this one, which is building a monster house, which is super fun. Like that is so much fun. And it is a cute story that uses, and it uses the building of like, um, of the house with the characters or almost like the original nursery rhyme. This is the house that Jack built. It reminds me of that story. It has a vampire, a ghost, a zombie, a mummy, and and more. And they all contribute to the spooky fun in the house that monsters built. And again, this is perfect for younger children. Book number four is Something Pumpkin by Scott Allen. And this fun little story is spec- is, a, is a spectacular solution for utilizing pumpkins. So this can also make a really great makerspace. And I've also created one for that, for makerspace or pumpkin makerspace, pump, something pumpkin. And again, I focused on asking and answering questions. I do that in all my makerspace moments in literature because I think that that, you know, it's really important for kids to answer questions that are text dependent and also for them to formulate questions that can be difficult for some kids and so it's important for them to have the ability to practice and I use the vocabulary again there's a lot of good vocabulary in this story Um, things like compartments and arachnid and consuming I think that that you know that those can be some words that they really they focus on and then I talk about the story elements this time like the setting and then the story structure and it excuse me, illustrations helping make meaning in the text. I think this is a really powerful one because the illustrations are very detailed in this story. And then I give you a rhyming word activity to kind of give that phonemic awareness aspect involved. And then they are making, they're making something like, like something with pumpkins. And that's where it can be really fun because it's really fun to take the pumpkin, the pumpkin candy and then have them make something, something pumpkin. So they're, they can make like a tower or they can make a, like a boat. They could make a pumpkin ladder. There's just so many different things, a pumpkin hat. There's just lots of things that you can make with those pumpkin candies and letting them have like some free choice to like discover and create can be, can be so rewarding. It also helps kids to problem solve and think critically about how they're going to prevent the pumpkins from toppling over. And it's just, it's so much fun and like such a great like way of incorporating that engineering thinking along with with literature, which I think can be really powerful. All right. And then the next book, number five, Skeleton for Dinner by Marjorie Cull color I think you say it I'm not sure exactly sure how you say it I think this is such a fun story though I love how confused how the confusion of what skeleton hears big witch and little witch say like he hears let's have our friends for dinner and because and they get confused with this which I think go you know is a great opportunity to talk about multiple meaning words or multiple meaning phrases and things that are confusing to us and maybe even bring in like an ELL aspect like when you're looking at 
kids that don't speak English as their primary language, sometimes some of our American sayings are confusing. And so I think it's a great opportunity to like get that diversity, you know, that that just different cultures and things involved in conversations. And so when they get confused, when little witch and big witch, when they when little witch gets confused, this really causes a big commotion. And this misunderstanding makes for a fun story that ends on a very happy note. And another whole problem to be solved with the makerspace. And this is another great one. And I do have a makerspace for this as well. And I'm skeleton for dinner. And I think it's, I think it's really, it's fun. We focus on, I'm going to just tell you that one quickly. We focus on comprehension questions again, like asking and answering questions, vocabulary words, story elements, story structure, illustrations, help meaning in the text. And then there is a makerspace activity for that and it may even just be making a skeleton out of q-tips which can be a lot of fun all right so book number six is written by me it's the costume contest and that's by trina debris i do have this in a regular paper format and i do have and and i have it in black and white so the kids can add details to the illustrations with color and, um, or it could be a fun little reader that they also, I have a digital version as well. And it is a perfect little emergent reader. And all the kids are excited about being invited to a costume party at Steve's house. Some of the kids share what they will be dressing up as, but Marvin has a big surprise for everyone. This book is really is perfect for little or younger kids and kids that are are beginning to read longer, maybe longer sentences, but not like like a massive amount of text. And then there are some writing vocabulary and sight word extensions included in the download. And then book number seven is The Halloween Party by myself again. And I also have this as a digital download. And in this case, Little Boo is having a Halloween party. The house is all decorated and looks spooky and fun. And the kids play fun games like pin the eyes on the mummy. And the party doesn't quite go as Little Boo imagined. But it all works out in the end because, you know, happy endings. So whether you celebrate Halloween or not, most kids will be super hyped up and during this time of year. And I really feel like the more engaged we we get kids and the more excited we get kids about learning, like the better we are to keep their attention and to prevent some of those very unnecessary behavior problems. Hopefully you have a great Halloween and you have a lot of fun in your classroom. Now next, so this, so the next week is, is Halloween. So you probably are going to be feeling pretty tired, but I have a special little surprise. I put out a question in some Facebook groups about how teachers survive Halloween and it some of the answers are so fun. So if you are exhausted next week and you're ready for some laughs, then I hope you will tune in then as well. I will link to all of the Makerspace moments in literature below and the two Halloween readers that I have written. And I hope that you are all set and ready for the week. All right. For now, this one tired teacher is gearing up for Halloween, and I'll see you next time. Until then, sweet dreams and sleep tight. (laughs) 